It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. No one is, 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 is more locked in. Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. Hey, it's First and Pod. I'm Danny Parkins. He's Andrew Filipponi. We appreciate you checking this out. Tell a friend, subscribe, rate, review. Every team, every game, every week. Dropping in your feed a little early, but we figure people are going to be listening at random times with uh, Thanksgiving week. And no, no Thanksgiving power rankings, but who knows? Maybe we'll get there by the end of the show. Congratulations on the big firing today, Pony. That must have been big for you. Thank you. It was a uh, long, long time coming. Never thought it would happen. So that will show up on this rundown at some point. So people are just going to have to stay tuned uh, for that one. But as is customary, I make the show sheet for the preview edition of the podcast. That's right. And so I have designated the Bills and Eagles top game. We didn't react to Eagles and Chiefs. And so with that win for Philly at Arrowhead, they uh, came out of it with the 9-1 and record, the best in the NFL. So the question to kick things off for you, Danny, is does the best record in football make the Eagles the best team? No. I don't believe that they would be favored on a neutral field against – this version of San Francisco. And I think that the Chiefs win the game that we saw Monday night six or seven times out of 10. Okay. Because the two red zone turnovers that are very uh, unlike them, and that's a thing that's random and whatever else, and it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the Chiefs with the red zone turnovers, with penalties, with drops. Um, Now, that game's at Arrowhead. Um, I was very impressed with the Chiefs defense in that game. I was, like everybody, disgusted by Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Justin Watson and Travis Kelsey with their drops. So what about the Eagles makes you say no? You've you've mentioned the teams that you would put ahead of them, but what is it about Philadelphia that holds you back from putting them number one? Well, I think that if the Chiefs executed on offense, the thing that I've been saying about them since the beginning of the season – those guys were open. 
The, 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 the pass defense, the secondary, is their Achilles heel, man. Justin Watson should have converted a fourth and 25 at the end of the game. Everyone in the world knows that is run to the sticks and turn around. And they almost gave that up. So I think that they are vulnerable to good passing offenses. Now, defense has ruled in the NFL. Frankly, we haven't talked about it enough that defense is beating offense. And there are a lot of low point totals this week in the low to mid thirties. So maybe it's a resurgent year for defenses in the NFL, but I think that the, that the Eagles are vulnerable to good passing offenses. Yeah. So I would not answer the question that they're the best team, but I will confess because of probably what you just said, it's hard to come up with a best team, you know, like they I'd don't go, really... I'd go Niners one. I'd go Niners one, and then I'd listen to a debate for two. Even a five. team that's lost three games would be your number one. That Injuries. lost on the road to PJ Walker, yeah, and the Cleveland Browns, yeah, yeah, and with the Brock Purdy questions, I, I think I think that they clearly have the best roster in the NFL right now. I think they're okay. the best roster. But listen, I mean, you, you can you just made very well the argument uh, against it, and Tom Brady came out and said, you know, there's a ton of mediocrity in the league right now, which is a classic get off my lawn back in my day. I, I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't, I didn't agree with what he said because he, he, it ended up being a trope about how back in his day, they allowed football players to be football players and beat the crap out of each other and, and blow each other up. And that's, that's ultimately what he said. Look, I miss some of that stuff too. Uh, but I don't think you subtract that from football and it makes it a terrible game. I do think, though, that what sucked about Monday was if that is the best the NFL has to offer this year, then it is it is a disappointing season, and it's not going to go down as some kind of banner special year. It might open the door up for a team that's under the radar to win the whole thing because I walked away from that game. I wasn't really impressed with either team. You know, you say a you lot weren't of times, impressed with the Chiefs' defense. I've seen their defense do that all year, so it wasn't as if like I needed the validation of do it against Philadelphia and I'm gonna elevate them or I'm gonna promote them. No, I know what it. Honestly, I thought for them they needed a game to look the opposite. I think if I'm a if I'm an Eagles fan, I would. I'm mean, a Chiefs fan. I would have preferred to lose that game, forty-one thirty-seven than 21-17. Me personally. I want to see my offense look like the offense that it was a year ago and in years past for me. So I think that if we get Philly, Detroit, and everyone's healthy, it's going to be really hard for me to not take Detroit in the points. Because I think they will be able to pass on Philadelphia and their offensive line will hold up against the Eagles D-line. Okay, so an offshoot of this, so I'll ask this follow-up question because it's about the next game, and that's the Sunday night game, Ravens and Chargers. Because Kansas City lost, the Ravens moved up to the number one seed in the AFC. If they do have home field advantage and a bye, would that make the Ravens the favorites to win the AFC? The answer should be yes. But I don't think it is. Do you see a world where the Chiefs go into Baltimore for an AFC title game and they're not like a two-point favorite? 
Do I Can see you- a work? Do I see a world where they would be an underdog in that game? I think they. I think it could be two the other way. Yeah, I think Baltimore could be a very small home favorite in that game. I don't think so. I mean, assuming health. You know what I mean? Assuming both teams enter that game as healthy as they are right now. I don't know that I see a world in which the Chiefs are an underdog in that game. So maybe that's disrespectful to what Baltimore has done. But I think that Lamar will need to prove it in the playoffs for everyone to be a believer. They're really, the the Raiders are, the Raven, the Raiders, the Ravens are uh, hanging their hat on two games. What they did against the Lions at home. Yep. And what they did against the Seahawks. And the Seahawks win doesn't look as good after what happened, they got swept by the Rams, Seattle. You know, we'll see what they do against San Francisco on Thanksgiving night. I mean, there's a chance that that win, the quality of it continues to get dialed back. The Lions, on the other hand, that win could continue to look even better, but maybe it's a one-time thing. They're really good against NFC teams. We know that Lamar's record's impeccable against those teams. And their wins against the Steelers or not the Steelers because they lost to them, the Browns and the Bengals come with massive asterisks because of quarterback injuries in both of those games. Burrow was hurt but played the first game, got injured in the second game for the year, and when they played Cleveland, it was when Dorian Thompson-Robinson started and he found out hours before. So I agree with you. I think if they get, even if they're the bye, when they won the, when he was the MVP, they were the favorites, right? When they lost to Tennessee, they were the one seed. Yeah. I believe they were. I don't think that's going to be the case in this scenario. All right. I like how you did this. Um, so hopefully people are listening to this before the Thanksgiving games. If not, you can fast forward ahead. But Oh, they can look back and see if we were right about it. True. Green Bay, Detroit, Washington, Dallas, San Francisco, Seattle. How would you grade the watchability of the Thanksgiving trifecta? I think I'd give it a I think I'd give it a B minus. I think that's what I would put it at. You get three, I think, good teams in Detroit, Dallas, and San Francisco, but they're matched up against teams that they should definitely beat. So there's no there's no game here where I'm looking at it like, oh my God, we got to suffer through this. This is the matchup that we got. This stinks. This is, I'm subjected to it. I don't have it. Like, remember on Christmas, it was the Broncos and Rams last year in a standalone game with Baker Mayfield and the Broncos sucking with Nathaniel Hackett. And it's like, oh my God, this is all we have. No, I think that this is, I think it's, I think it's decent is the word I would use to describe it. Yeah. I, so I, I, I was going to give it a C. I was going to give it as average. Um, it's smart to do three divisional games, but none of these divisions there's a team in each of these that we don't think can win the respective division that it's in. So it's just unfortunate that it is the favorite in the North, a uh, non-favorite in the NFC East, but a team that can win against the team that can't. And same thing with the NFC West. So I, I thought it was smart scheduling where they got a little unlucky. And for me personally, you know, I am a member of a team that still I've got one of the remaining 372 entries in Circa Survivor. 
where first place is nine million. Now I'm so you got to pick. You got to do Thanksgiving Day, right? That's one. Of right, the we got to do Thanksgiving it. and Black Friday, and so we saved Dallas. So we we're one of the few teams that have the the, the biggest favorite of the day. So I have a huge rooting interest because the majority of the pool will be on Detroit. Um, and we saved Dallas. So if Green Bay wins, we don't know what the percentages are yet. That'll come out after we record this podcast. But if Green Bay wins the first game and Dallas wins the second game, there's a really good chance that there will be less than 200 people left in Circa Survivor and will be one of them. So I have a tremendous rooting interest uh, in, in this slate. But And then I also, just like personally, I don't know how you handle Thanksgiving. I will not be a start-to-finish watcher of the night game. Like, the night, just like with how the family works and getting the kids out of there and moving from my mom's house to my house. Like, I will be there for the third and fourth quarter, likely, of that game. But I probably will not be a locked-in Niners Seahawks observer for this game, if I'm being totally candid with our first and uh, Of the three teams, which team do you give the best chance to pull the upset? Green Bay, Washington, or San Francisco? Or Green Seattle, Bay. excuse me. Green Bay. Green Bay. I think, I, think, I think San Francisco is the best team playing. I think Washington is drawing dead. And yes, I'm rooting for it in this spot, but Green Bay is playing better recently. Um, it's a quick turnaround to an early game. Weird things seem to happen in that spot. And Detroit's defense is vulnerable. So Jordan Love just played the best game of his pro career. So I could see Green Bay feeling like they're a live dog in that game. And I'm on Ross St. Brown today. Gave him a little bit of bulletin board material. Said, I got to be honest, I can't name one player on the Packers defense, which seems surprising given the number of first rounders they have and that they're in the division. And And he's a guy that's memorized all the names of the receivers. They got picked ahead of him. In the draft, you'd think with court with their corners being named Valentine and Ballantine, that would be an easy one for him to remember because of the rhyming effect there. I think Seattle is the team with the best chance. It's the game I'm looking forward to the most. We, we've talked about it on the podcast. This is actually for them. I think they've got to find a way to win one of these next three games, two with San Fran and Dallas in between, if they're going to guarantee themselves a spot in the playoffs. And this is probably of the three, the one they have the best chance of winning because they are familiar with the opponent. It is a night game in Seattle. It looks like Geno Smith is going to get cleared to play in this game after he got hurt against LA. Um, Your wide receivers matched up against their secondary and that's had problems at times this year. So you got to block their front and you got to stop their offense. But at night, Purdy, maybe he turns the ball over a few times. I think that's the best game. Dolphins, Jets, Wilson's out, Boyle's in, Rodgers is giving dates of when he's going to return to practice. What do you make of the Jets quarterback situation? Um, I think the Boyle thing, if it, so we've, we talked about DeVito and how he wasn't an NFL quarterback. And then he put a, gave us a big middle finger with the way he played against Washington last week. I think the Boyle thing is actually worse because he's only an NFL quarterback because he's friends with Aaron Rodgers. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's why he's, that's why he's there. Yeah. So anytime he gets a chance to play in a meaningful game, yeah, like, how do you feel like, how do you feel like Cam Newton feels watching this game? I've said this 
repeatedly on my local show when it's come up with these quarterbacks, things have have popped up. Is Matt Ryan going to start a broadcast by just announcing his retirement one week? Because he went to CBS and put this whole qualifier out there, like disclaimer, that said, I'm not retired. I'm just doing this for now. Dude, you've had like 15 teams lose a quarterback, blow out a tire here on the side of the road, desperately need your help, and you're just hanging out with friggin' at Andrew Catalan and Tiki Barber calling the fourth best CBS game every week. You could come in as a white knight for any of these teams, make catch probably an extra 10 to $15 million prorated, and see if you've got anything left. I don't get that for him. I mean, maybe the Jets are a tough fit because their offensive line, him playing behind it, but he can't be worse than Tim Boyle. No, he can't. At, who at UConn threw one touchdown and 13 interceptions. And somehow was going to, uh, that's, uh, I, I repeat that stat and have it committed to memory because it's so, it seems like it's, it seems like it's like an onion article about him. One touchdown to 13 interceptions in college. And he's going to start a standalone NFL game. Brought, Al Michaels is going to fall asleep on the air for this game. With the tryptophan. Here's what he should come out and say. He should start the broadcast by saying, I know this game sucks. Here is my betting card for this game. And we're just going to track it the whole time. I'd love that. Because you I know would that's too. what he's doing. Yeah, yeah he definitely. He, he's, he's got 10 G's on the under. For for sure. But 10 he's still G's. like, oh, this, he's like, this game matters to some people. And this 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 number matters to people in, our des- in the desert. Just come out and say it, Al. It's okay. Here's the other thing he should do for this game. They keep alluding to this whenever it's come up. Like he's best friends with that Neil Elatrash, the doctor who did the Achilles surgery and is working with Rogers. Have him on the air. How about that spot? That would be five great. minutes or something. Do that. They're BFFs. Well, yeah, if, they best to, if they can talk to Jason Kelsey during Bears Panthers on Thursday night. They could talk to a doctor about a quarterback. At, yeah. on a team that he's going out to dinner. He's going out to vegetableist dinners with this guy all the time. Have him on the air for 10 minutes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right. 
Uh, there's the Black Friday game. Browns and Broncos. Okay, so this is the question. This is along the same lines of what we were just talking about. Flacco signed with the Browns. Will he make a start there and not because of injury? I got to think the answer is yes. Because they're going to be in it for a while. Mm-hmm. Because of the schedule and how good their defense is. And because of injuries and things that have happened around them. You know, Baltimore will win that division. But Pittsburgh is not making any sort of, you know, they're not running away with anything. All the AFC North teams were in the playoffs until, you know, so they they think that they can make it even so. Cincinnati obviously has the Burrow situation. Like, they're going to be in the playoff picture for the next month, at least, comfortably. And so, why not? If Joe Flacco is photographed and willing to get on a plane and fly coach, he's not going there to be on the practice squad for the entire year. He's going there to play. Yeah. By the way, Joe Flacco, you've made nine figures. Can you get to Economy Plus, please? Like, can you go business? I know you shouldn't charter a private jet, but you can fly business class, bro. You don't You don't need to be sitting in 27C. It's unnecessary. If I'm his agent, I'm embarrassed that my client has to do that. Like, I think it's even a bad look for the Browns. Why didn't they pay for his flight and give him the best possible seat where they all booked up. They can't pull any spring, any strings with the uh, flight. He's provider. a big dude too, man. Like that. Yeah, that there's not a lot of there in there. basic economy. Yeah. yeah that's bad. Um, I think he will too. I think that their offensive line, their tackles have been injured this year, but the interior of the line is pretty good there in Cleveland. Great guards. The center is above average. So I don't think you're going to see a lot of pass rush from up the middle. So I do actually think he has a chance to be a competent quarterback there. And I would not say that about Dorian Thompson Robinson after watching him play last week. And we definitely know that that's not the case with PJ Walker and his six touchdowns and 16 interceptions. And I think his completion percentage is at or below 50% as an NFL quarterback. So I think before Christmas, we'll see Joe Flacco start a game. And it's because Cleveland prefers him to start and not because they have to start him. Ask me the next game since it's my team. And then I'll ask you the next couple. Deal. Bears and Vikings. Okay, I like this one. I do too. Give me a percentage. It's Caleb Williams at quarterback and Jim Harbaugh at head coach in Chicago next year. 4%. So I thought a lot about this. 4%. Okay, I did the math. So the Bears are a little bit better than 50% right now to get the number one pick. I think if they get the number one pick, Caleb Williams is probably the pick. I don't think that Ryan Poles, who came from Kansas City, is passing on the guy who people say could be the next Mahomes. I think he will say, I saw how we turned Mahomes into Mahomes. I could turn Caleb Williams into the next Mahomes. But there's obviously a chance they don't get the number one overall pick. And there's obviously a chance that they trade the number one pick because they did it last year and keep fields. And there's a chance that they take Drake May over Caleb Williams. So I assigned a 40% chance that Caleb Williams is a bear. 
And then I assigned a 10% chance that Jim Harbaugh is the next coach of the Bears. Kevin Warren and Jim Harbaugh reportedly do not have the best relationship. Harbaugh hated how Kevin Warren handled uh, the COVID shutdown for the Big Ten when Kevin Warren was running the Big Ten Conference, and now he's the president of the Bears. And I'm not at all convinced that the McCaskey family is going to pay Matt Eberflus to go away to then hire Jim Harbaugh and that Jim Harbaugh would come to Chicago and not have personnel control. And so I think it's pretty unlikely that Harbaugh is going to be here, even though Bears fans desperately want him to be. So 0.4 times 0.1 equals 0.04. So the answer to your question is 4%. Man, I thought it would be higher. I didn't expect you to actually do the math on it, which I am for you. Uh, but then again, it just speaks to your commitment to this podcast. So yeah, I mean, I, you know, so surprised. Yeah, I care a lot about it. It makes us a ton of money. Um, What's the next game here? It's my game. Uh, Steelers and Bengals. Matt Canada yeah, was fired. On. Listen, everybody's been waiting. The only reason people are here right now is because they want to hear Andrew Filipponi's take on Matt Canada being fired. Are all your problems over? Well, they're not over, but this does open up the Steelers to a whole new world order as far as how decisions get made and how things get done there. Because for me, at least, it goes well beyond just getting rid of an assistant coach. For perspective for everybody, they've never fired a coach midseason. And when I say a coach, I mean assistant coaches too. This hasn't happened since the 1940s. And it was when the head coach of the team fired himself. And he was also half owner of the team. So this is just uncharted territory. And we've seen the last few years, some of the things that the Steelers have done forever fade away. They didn't guarantee money to guys. They did it with TJ Watt because he was special. In this case, it's the opposite. Somebody was so bad at their job, they wanted to establish a new precedent. So it makes me think in regard, like, do I think that the situation they have now where they're going to have a running backs coach be the offensive coordinator and a quarterback's coach call the plays on game day. That makes sense. I think that that arrangement is going to work. Not really. I don't, but if they're willing to do this, would they be willing if Kenny Pickett isn't good at the end of the year to look at trades? If they're not good at the end of 2024, do they give Mike Tomlin a huge contract extension? Do they, is it like a Patriots Bill Belichick situation where both parties are looking to move him to another team or another place so they can start over again? I I think that some of these things that I never thought were on the table are now at least we can say them out loud and it's not like, well, it's the same old Steelers. This is how they've always done business and this is how they'll continue to do business in the future. You know, I'm mad at you, right? Why? Because I tried to get you to say on the Sunday night podcast that Kenny Pickett was a bust and you were out on him and you saved it for your highly rated radio show. No, you didn't want to I give didn't. first and pod that highlight and that headline. No, that's not true. I said, um, I, I said bust and out are two different things. Two different things. Yes, they are. You didn't say, are you in or out on Kenny Pickett? You specifically worded bust. I don't think he's a bust yet. 
but I've lost confidence and faith in him. But some of that faith and confidence has come back a little bit now that Cam. Oh my God. Okay. Stop. I'm tipping my toe back in the water on him. Just a little bit. Not going crazy here, but just a little bit. You should, all right. You should, you should be embarrassed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Next game, uh, yeah. Saints-Falcons. Ritter gets his job back. They announce he's the starter for the rest of the year. Which team winning the NFC South would be more interesting? I think the Falcons because Bijan Robinson is the most interesting player on either team. Neither team can make a run and is ready to do anything meaningful this year. But if the Falcons made it to the playoffs with their quarterback situation, what we've been talking about since, I don't know, the middle of last year before they had Bijan Robinson, hey, that's a pretty attractive place to go quarterback. I think a lot of people would be interested in whether it's them trading for Justin Fields, whether that is signing Kirk Cousins, um, fill in the blank disgruntled veteran quarterback X. I think the Falcons making the playoffs uh, as a division winner would signal to the rest of the league that they're pretty close to relevance. Whereas I think the Saints with Derek Carr have a pretty low ceiling. Okay, so I'm going to say Saints, and here's how I'm going to try to um, defend this answer or describe this answer. Other than guys who played either before the Super Bowl era or in the very early stages of it when there weren't as many teams that made the playoffs. How many quarterbacks in NFL history do you think? Let me put, let me start, let me say it this way. How close is Derek Carr to being the best quarterback who's never won a playoff game in the last like 30 to 40 years? I think he's got to be in the top five. I mean, Herbert would be probably might be already one because he hasn't won a playoff game, and you know he's everyone's favorite quarterback because the stats and just the eye popping, physical raw talent is so good. But Carr's consistently for his career for the better part of a decade throws between like twenty five and thirty five touchdowns a year, throws for four thousand yards, and he's appeared in two playoff games and he's lost both. So. Well, I actually mean, got I, hurt and played in one against Cincinnati and lost. I just, I, I, I never think about the NFL in those terms. Really? Like, best quarterback to never win a single playoff game? Like, that's not best player without a ring. 
You know what I mean? That's that's just it's such a low bar to win a single playoff game. That- he's just a good. He's 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 a good, not a great quarterback who's never even had anywhere close to postseason success. Right. So here but would I mean, be an Kirk Cousins has won a playoff game. Yeah, Lamar has won a playoff game. Yeah. So here he would be a chance for him with some pieces around him with a home playoff game to win. I don't want to watch Desmond Ritter in the playoffs. I don't care what his supporting cast looks like. I don't want to watch that offense try to muck it up with him. I'd rather see Derek Carr scream at his wide receivers for 60 minutes. Chiefs Raiders, how concerning is the wide receiver problem in Kansas City? You brought it up right at the beginning of the podcast and said without those, if those guys have hands, the Chiefs win. So, yeah, this is a big effing deal. What's Dude, going if on the, there with if them? they you can make a real argument. Now, I know if, if Marquez Valdez-Scantling catches that ball, the Eagles have timeouts and time left, and they could easily drive down the field, and that maybe not. But you could easily make an argument that if Kadarius Toney catches the ball against the Lions in the opener, if Sky Moore catches the ball in the end zone against the Broncos, and MVS catches the ball in the end zone yeah. uh, last night, they're 10 and up. Great. Uh, yes. I mean, can you – would you say that who's the GM there, Veach? Yeah, Brett Veach. Is this is this roster malpractice that in these gotta have it moments, if it's not Travis Kelsey, the guy that uh, Patrick Mahomes trusts the most is friend of the show Justin Watson? I mean, come on, he was what their fifth wide receiver on last year's team. I mean, it's just like they've used second round picks on Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice, so they 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 have used draft capital to try. They've got it wrong. Tony trade the MVS signing, but I we talked about it ahead of the deadline, man. I would have taken the a third round pick and looked at the standings and gone to every team that was below five hundred. And said, who's the best wide receiver that you will give me for this? Like, make Tampa say no on Mike Mike Evans. Make Arizona say no on Hollywood Brown. You know, go go just team by team by team by team and say, who are you willing to give me for what will end up being the 90th pick in the draft? And maybe he did and he got rejected by a bunch of people. Those guys weren't moved. But I just think... I mean, Travis Kelsey's talking about retirement. He's dating a billionaire pop star. This might be your last chance with Travis Kelsey. So I don't know that to be true, obviously, but it just, it feels like they got a little arrogant after what happened last year. And by the way, I even get the argument that if Kelsey catches the ball and Mahomes doesn't throw the pick, they win that game anyway, and the receivers are good enough. But they'd be 10-0 and if those if those dudes could catch. So I think I think it was a mistake. I think it was a All big right. mistake. Patriots Giants. Would these two teams trade coaches if they could? If New England and in in the Giants had a conversation, would would the Giants take Bill Belichick and would the Patriots take Brian Dable in my fantasy world? I think Do you the think the Patriots that- would take Dable? I don't really know why the Giants would take Belichick. Don't you think that the team that Belichick is going to go to, if he is in fact going to leave, they've got to be closer to doing something meaningful than the Giants are, and they've got to have a quarterback in place? So you don't think he'd want to like 
I know that the Giants beating Washington made this a little bit harder, but you don't think that he would go to this Tiffany franchise that he won two Super Bowls with, and he acts like he counts those two Super Bowls when he when he built that huge yacht. He counted the two giant Super Bowls when he named the friggin' thing. Like you don't think that Belichick, you know, has such an affinity for that family and that. Well, organization. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that Belichick wouldn't. It's it's would the teams would the teams take it? You know, I don't. If if I'm hiring Bill Belichick, I think I've got to have it a good quarterback with an offensive system in place. You know, like the Chargers should go out. I was out just going to say, about- you're only describing really one team that's probably going to want to coach this offseason, is what it yeah. sounds like to me. Yeah, the Chargers should make a run. That that would make sense to me, even though that would be a third non-offensive head coach for Justin Herbert, which is ballsy for sure. But that's that. I I don't know. I don't. I, I think the Patriots for sure would do it. I don't think the Giants would necessarily. Wow, yeah. I'm stunned by that. Okay. Jaguars and Texans. Has CJ Stroud passed Trevor Lawrence on the quarterbacks to start a franchise list? Uh, yes. So, so Lawrence just had a great game, mm-hmm. but I think the answer is yes. Me too, dude. Stroud is so crazy impressive, man. And even though he had the turnovers against Arizona, the loved the, his answer after the game with the Steph Curry thing. I just think the guy has the it. I didn't see it in college. I think it's Michigan Ohio State week. I watched him in that game two years in a row. He looked like crap, and I know he was better against Georgia in the playoff. But th- that on top of what the Ohio State quarterbacks before him have done, because of the system they're in with the wide receivers they play in, I just didn't buy it. I you know was very skeptical and. Uh, all it's taken is half an NFL season for me to completely buy in on the guy. I I think, listen, I think they're both franchise quarterbacks. I think they're both on the list. But Stroud is younger and going to be cheaper for longer. And his big interception game is an outlier. He's done a great job of taking care of the ball. Trevor Lawrence has made big mistakes routinely and has consistently stalled in the red zone, which okay. CJ Stroud is not similar uh, inquiry to the last one. How many teams in the NFL would say no to a trade of we'll take CJ Stroud and you can have our quarterback. How many teams would decline a quarterback for quarterback trade for CJ Stroud? Okay. The chiefs, the Bengals. No, I disagree. Get out. What are you talking about? What do you mean? What am I talking about? I think they would. I think they would trade Burrow for Stroud. No, they wouldn't. So you think they'd rather pay Burrow forty million dollars, forty-five million dollars a year, yes. than have four very cheap years with C.J. Stroud, and their franchise is in the state of Ohio? Come on. I think they would make that trade like that. No, no, they would not. Dude, Joe Burrow is, I mean, he's, he's been in a Super Bowl. He's been in an AFC championship. I game. hope people hear this conversation because this is one I actually want feedback on to validate my opinion on this one. We can tweet it out. That's who else? That, 
Okay, the well, Bills, I mean, we're, the Bills trade Josh we're going to disagree on the list here if you're saying no on Burrow. Because I don't think the Bills do it for Josh Allen. I don't think the Ravens do it for Lamar. I don't think the Chargers do it for Herbert. Um, and, I mean, then it probably gets a little tougher. How about Jalen Hurts? No, I don't think the Eagles do it with Jalen Hurts. And I don't think the Dolphins do it with Tua. Oh. I know. How about the Cowboys? They would be fools not to do it. Dak's having Man. a great year. but I think Mahomes is the only guy. That, that is that is just wrong. You just said you would take Lawrence over you, you would take Stroud over Lawrence. And then and you now, said you would take Stroud over Joe Burrow. The money it's if the if it was just the money's equal and I can just pick a quarterback, of course I'm gonna say Burrow, but he's cheaper and he's more affordable. Dude, okay. It's been nine games. Yeah, I know. Okay. We both bet him to win the MVP. It sounds like you'd like to give me that ticket because you're off the bandwagon. No, no, no. But he, but I will say he, he was passed by Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott this week in the MVP odds, which is not does not make me happy. Uh, all right, let's blitz through these terrible games. Rams, Cardinals, Cup and Williams both expected to play. They're plus four ninety to make the playoffs. Five to one. You betting it? I don't think it's a bad bet because if you like them to win this game and it's 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 Spencer's got the graphic up on the YouTube show plus it's a one point spread. I mean it's super low. It's respect for Arizona because of Murray Kyle. coming back and they played competitively these last two weeks with him. But if they win, they get to five and six, and then I think they have a home game against the Browns. So I do think. Let me put it this way: they've got two really hard games left. I think one's at San Francisco, and I think the other one's at Baltimore. They lose both of those games. That's eight. Theoretically, they could, if they're healthy, win the rest of their games. I don't think they will. But if you agree with me from from last week and what you said, that Seattle has a chance to just completely plummet and free fall, somebody's got to take that spot. The seven, the se- the seven seed is live. I don't, I don't like how tough the – like having automatic losses on a schedule and then saying they need to run the table because they're going to be coin flips sure. in a lot of those games where they have to run the table. So I, I would not make the bet, but I, I, I understand the logic that you're talking about. Like, let me just go through their schedule quick. Cardinals. If they win, they're five and six Browns yep. at home, six and six at the Ravens, six and seven commanders at home, seven and seven yep. saints at home giants on the road. And then at the 49ers, they look like a nine and eight, eight and nine team to me. Right. But they obviously couldn't lose Arizona, Cleveland, or New Orleans. Yes. They could lose any of those games and they have they'd have to sweep that to even have a shot at it. So I I, I would not make the bet. Okay, Colts and Bucks. What did you make of this Darius Leonard, Shaq Leonard story today where he got cut and there was a you know very uh, emotional uh, I mean, it's one of the all-time freefalls, man. He was considered one of the best defensive players in football with one of the great takeaway forcing play. You know what I mean? Like force fumbles and everything. We had the discussion <laughs> on, on the pod about him v, uh, with Jonathan Taylor. And you said uh, it was universally agreed upon by the players that Leonard was the better player. And I was like, that's not even close to true. And of course, I was right and you were wrong. but. That's neither here nor there. 
listen, I'm a man enough to bring it up and admit that I was wrong. All right. Most people would have forgotten that. So I'm calling back to something that I was wrong about. Um, he was not playing. He was recovering from an injury. They had changed coaching staffs because uh, Matt Eberflus and Alan Williams and the whole defensive coaching staff left Indy to come here. So scheme fit, format fit, just a fall from grace, man. And linebacker production. It's hard to keep it up. It's not a premium position in the NFL. So turnover luck can be a thing. And it was going for him early in his career when the scheme was built around him. And then the scheme and the coaching staff changed and the injuries and turnover luck went against him and he got way too expensive. And so they cut him. I'd love to see my team. The Steelers have lost two starting linebackers to injury for the season. I'd love to see them at least kick the tires on this guy once he clears waivers so they don't have to inherit the contract because I want to see if it was like you said, was it a system problem or is it really, he's had two back surgeries, right? So he probably isn't, you know, about back surgeries. He might not be. My father-in-law had back surgery today. As a matter of fact, I hope he's okay. Uh, They said two days in the hospital, then I'll be out. Backs are tough. Backs are tricky. I knew you were going to say that. I didn't want to. It's just jinx him. It, 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 it's just, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Um, Panthers, Titans, Vrabel says the team and quarterback aren't good. Do you think he's getting fired? He's very high on the list when these when uh, these sports books and not just like the phony ones. When the real ones list next coach to get fired, he's usually like third or fourth, Danny. Like this whole Black Monday thing that happens the day after the season ends – and there's usually like one or two extra guys who get fired. It's like, oh, crap, I didn't even know this guy was in the hot seat. I'm starting to feel like he's one of those coaches. So I guess he like hired a bunch of his friends to be on the staff. They've lost 14 of 17 games. They can't win a road game. Their offensive line is a disaster. So, they, so back to the Circus Survivor contest, this is what – You've got to pick a Thanksgiving game, and it includes Black Friday. So you got four games that you can pick from. But then you have to pick another game on Sunday. Every game that we have available to us is a three-point spread or less. And so the biggest favorite that we could realistically pick that we had available is the Titans against the Panthers. And I would not feel good about that whatsoever. Even I, have bad as no, I have no faith. Because, like, oh, it's Vrabel. Is he good? I I don't know anymore, man. They've lost 14 of 17 games. Henry, Henry like is a shell of himself done. in the line sucks. Yep. So I I have I mean, I don't obviously Carolina's terrible, but we have we have a very tough spot. It's like, do we pick the Patriots against the Giants? No, that sounds terrible. I wonder what the reaction would be in New England. If they do trade Belichick and Vrabel becomes the head coach there. I don't think that's going to go over well. Do you? And I would not. Kraft loves the guy. I would not completely rule that out. If I were them, I I mean, it's it's an impossible spot. The guy following the legend. But at least he's been bad and underperforming for a few years. That like you are going to get some grace and like some excitement around you. But I, I would think they would go young offensive coach and not go Belichick disciple. 
to follow Belichick. That because it's going to end poorly. So I would think that they would go away from the Belichick route in New England. All right, Danny. Good stuff, All man. All right, man. Thank you to Spencer Ray, our producer. Everyone, enjoy your Thanksgiving. We appreciate you listening. Do us a favor. When awkward political conversation comes up at Thanksgiving, say, hey, you know what? You know what's a unifying thing? First in pod with Danny Parkinson and Andrew Filippone. See you, buddy. Peace. Peace.